0: Hello and welcome to our podcast Public Health Encoded with Dr. Saroj Pichauri brought to you by Center for Human Progress in partnership with the POP movement where POP stands for Protect Our Planet. Dr. Saroj Pachauri, a public health expert, provides commentary on some of the major public health issues of the current times and the various determinants of public health at play with high-risk and vulnerable groups. Every month, Dr. Saroj Pachauri, a doctor of medicine and a distinguished public health scholar with over 60 years of experience, will unpack key public health concerns and opportunities in the current global arena with evidence and insights. I'm your host, Drisha Pathak, and as always, I'm joined by our expert, Dr. Saroj Pachauri and our guest expert for today's discussion. Our topic for today's episode is the COVID-19 pandemic, a topic that has become all too familiar to all of us. It all began almost three years ago when severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, caused an outbreak of respiratory diseases, COVID-19 and pneumonia in Wuhan, China. Since then, we have been bombarded with a wide range of symptoms and information on how to treat the virus. This has continued for so long that people have switched off the information mode and tried to do about their daily lives. That's not the case for those of us in the healthcare industry. This topic has gained even more significance as WHO chief recently declared an end to the global health Emergency of COVID 19 on May 5th, exactly 1150 days after it first started. Today, we have the pleasure of discussing COVID 19 with our guest, Dr. Bulbul Sooth. Dr. Bulbul Sooth is a highly accomplished medical professional with extensive expertise. Dr. Sooth serves as an independent senior strategic advisor and has held leadership roles throughout her career, including former country director for Jipaigo India and Center for Development and population activities, India. Dr. Sood's area of expertise include reproductive, maternal, newborn, child and adolescent health, non-communicable diseases, women's cancer, infectious diseases, including COVID-19, health system strengthening, and international health. She is a prolific writer with over 40 published articles and contributions to book chapters. I would now hand over to Dr. Pachori to take on the conversation with Dr. Bulbul Sood and uncode the topic COVID-19 pandemic for our listeners. Welcome.
1: Hello, uh, Bulbul. Welcome. Welcome to this discussion. I feel truly honored and privileged to have this opportunity to talk to you, Bulbul, because I know that you've had immense experience, first-hand experience, In dealing with the COVID 19 pandemic from its very inception to date. And so, your experience will undoubtedly be of great importance to anyone who wants to know and learn about the COVID 19 pandemic. And I also have to say that you have already been very, very generous in sharing with us your experiences with the COVID 19 pandemic in the two books that Ashpachori and I have written on COVID. The first book deals with the health dimensions of the pandemic and is primarily focused in India. The second book goes beyond the health dimensions to also address issues on education, on economic aspects, political aspects, media aspects, and is more global with several case studies from around the world. These books have both been published by Springer Publishers and uh, are available. And we'd be happy to provide you with the links if you're interested in reading them. They are open access and can be downloaded anywhere in the world and read. So Bulbul, thank you very much for that, for your very generous sharing. But today, I think we're going to actually have an opportunity to talk about the pandemic, which in my view, and I think everybody would agree with that, is the largest, the most important, the most impactful event of the century. I don't think that in our lifetimes we are going to see anything more more impactful it has impacted every life in every country around the world it has health impacts it has mental impacts it has impacts on lifestyles it has impacts on work styles every aspect of human life has been impacted by this pandemic and so i think it is extremely important for us to try and understand what happened and what is happening we know that it has gone through many processes of evolution the pandemic has evolved in several countries in different ways. And the virus has also mutated in different ways so that we now see several subvariants of that virus. And the whole exercise has been extremely, uh, extremely, I would say extraordinary actually. Uh, so um, I was just wondering, uh, given the fact that we started the pandemic in two, 2019 and we are still getting so many cases around the world cases are continuing we are still finding cases in the developed world and in the developing world and i wondered whether uh, you what you think about this what is your analysis of this do you think the worst is over
2: uh, thank you very much saroth, for giving me this opportunity to talk with you and as you mentioned uh, covid 19 is a catastrophe which uh, As I don't think we ever thought would take place and the the way the pandemic spread so quickly across the world is something which has never happened before. Uh, coming to your question, uh, that is the worst is over. Uh, I would just like to make a a statement which was, uh, you know, was shared recently by WHO DG who said, We are not yet there yet, but the end is in sight. And now is the time to run harder and make sure we cross the line and keep the rewards of all our hard work. And as you know, you know, the world uh, saw this pandemic spread so rapidly, but also actions were taken at the country level, at the national level, at uh, the global level very collaboratively and uh, uh, i'm happy to see that you know we are closer to seeing this pandemic uh, getting over uh, as you know in india too the fight against covid-19 continues but i believe and uh, the worst is over the pandemic has now become an endemic disease in the country And uh, because of the hybrid immunity, the masses have acquired due to both vaccination as well as the infections that they had because of the natural disease has also added to the beginning of the end. Hence, the WHO has rightly said that the end is in sight. Uh, We also know from the previous pandemics uh, of our understanding that. In two to three years, the pandemic will cease to be a major challenge, and the data shows that COVID-19 is no longer rapidly spreading disease. Uh, Most of the cases which are happening uh, all over the world, including India, uh, are milder and very few require hospitalization, thankfully. Uh, However, before we reach the end, I believe we must be careful during this journey and it's important to keep following the COVID appropriate behaviors like wearing masks, which also prevents other respiratory diseases like influenza. And also, I feel that it's important to continue wearing masks when we are especially traveling in crowded places or inside closed spaces like flights where, you know, people tend to stay together for a very long time. And it's very important, especially those who have comorbidities so i think simple precautions are going to go a long way and hand hygiene and maintaining social distances are other important preventive steps that we should continue over well, to you
1: well thank you uh, thank you this is uh, uh, you know nice to hear an optimistic scenario that you have painted and i think you're probably right i think probably the worst is over with god's grace and that we are hoping for a future that will uh, maybe see the virus in the form of an endemic rather than a pandemic. But let's see, uh, what what did we do that made us reach this stage? Well, for for one thing, vaccine was an important pillar in combating COVID-19 around the world, globally. And the vaccine uh, history uh, for COVID-19 is quite unique. It's quite unprecedented at the speed, the the unprecedented speed at which vaccines were developed globally and in India, and uh, they were made available for emergency use. It has never, ever happened in the history of public health that this situation has reached this level. And we have managed to, do what we could to produce vaccines that were effective in combating, and they played a very, very important part in combating the pandemic. Now, uh, this was done all around the world, but I think in in the case of India, uh, this is uh, a particularly important uh, area to examine because, uh, in other words, the, the vaccine journey in India and what lessons have we learned For the vaccine in India, because India was on the forefront, certainly of the developing countries that were manufacturing the vaccine and making it available not only within the country, but even to other countries that could not afford the vaccine. So, this is something that I'm very proud of, and India has been applauded for this. Uh, I'd love to hear your views on how uh, India went through this vaccine journey and what lessons did we learn. Uh,
2: so thank you very much, uh, Sir Roche for, uh, you know, asking me this question about the COVID-19 journey, vaccine journey in India and what are some of our lessons learned. And I could not agree with more with you that vaccine was one of the most important pillar in combating the COVID-19 pandemic uh, all over the world. Uh, in, in India, if you look at the, uh, you know, journey and what happened, uh, I would say that uh, in, uh, in my country, the strategy was based on whole government approach. So then the entire government machinery very quickly was mobilized and uh, they had a strategy to look at how we should be looking at developing a, a effective, good, safe vaccine. And I think this was also because it, India knew that it had the ability, we had scientists, we had the uh, infrastructure, we had uh, very robust, I would say, pharmaceutical also, and experience of vaccinating almost 26 million children every year. So we, uh, in India, were looking at this as a challenge. And it was a whole nation approach. So the entire country, we had the same approach. It didn't matter whether you were from the northern states or the southern state or you were union territory. It was decided that the entire country would be, you know, uh, quickly moving towards vaccinating its population and also taking society into uh, a partnership mode. So the government made sure that, uh, uh, the nation was aware that this is what is coming and what is the importance of vaccinating, etc., and the entire strategy was based uh, on science and evidence. So, you know, uh, there was a very, very uh, a strong group of uh, scientists and uh, bureaucrats, and the government leadership by our honorable prime minister was there to look at, you know, what is the evidence, and as I said, based on science. So, uh, in India, we had a graded response and as you know, on 11th March of 2020, uh, the virus was isolated uh, at the uh, Pune NVI Institute and uh, Prime Minister Modi appealed to the scientists and researchers uh, to work for vaccine and drugs for COVID-19. So, it was something which was, as I said, being led by the highest level of uh, our uh, you know, leadership because the Prime Minister of India Regarding the vaccine manufacturing, India also worked in a mission mode with a goal to develop uh, almost five to six COVID vaccines candidates for license there. And also during this whole process, it was not just India. India was very constantly working with other countries also and the scientists from other uh, countries on how quickly we could, you know, come up with uh, a good vaccine. So, as you know, the co-vaccine, which is uh, a totally Indian manufactured vaccine, uh, it's an indigenous uh, vaccine. Virus was provided by the ICMR on 30th April 2020. And, in, and the process of manufacturing was done in the Hyderabad uh, lab. Uh, during this pandemic, they conducted a clinical trial on almost 24,000 subjects. And uh, you know the primary challenge studies and as I said, another thing was done at NIV Pune. So we must give credit to our scientists who very quickly moved and worked during the very difficult time. And as you said, emergency use authorization for a vaccine was given on third of January, twenty twenty one. So from the time when the vaccine was made available by ICMR to Bharat Biotech. Which was in April 2020. Within such a short time, we were able to have a vaccine, and which was also had a authorization. The other vaccine that uh, India worked on was the Covishield, which was uh, manufactured in Serum Institute of India in the Pune plant, and this was an Oxford-AstraZeneca, uh, uh, which was from UK. Again, in India, they conducted a bridging trial on almost 12. 100 subjects. And uh, again, the emergency use authorization was given in January 21. So, what I'm trying to say is very, in a very planned way, very quickly with the data, because, you know, studies were also done that we were able to uh, have the vaccine manufactured in the country. Simultaneously, the government of India also constituted a national expert group on vaccine implementation uh, for COVID 19 as early as August 2020, and besides involving the health ministry, the other ministry like external affairs, expenditure ministry, pharmaceuticals, uh, de- department of biotechnology, etc., were involved. So it was, as I said, a very uh, you know uh, intersectoral coordination was taken care of, and the the group uh, prepared a strategy. Uh, you know what was a digital infrastructure for inventory um, we we should have. The procurement mechanism, prioritization of the population, which has to be given the vaccine, uh, the delivery platform, which should be used, the cold chain uh, maintenance, vaccine safety, et cetera. So, uh, you know, everything was taken care of and uh, things were done in a planned way and not haphazardly. And I think we must, uh, as I said, you know, uh, both the leadership at the national and the state governments worked in a very coordinated manner. And uh, you know, and everybody realized there was an urgency, and uh, you would be happy to know that today we have eight COVID vaccines manufactured in India, and I was told we have a capacity to manufacture five billion doses per annum at the very low rate of cost of less than three dollars. So, and this is okay. a time that when you know now we have the vaccine and it can be used, but, and uh, you know, evidence shows that it, it is an effective vaccine. Uh, the other important thing which uh, the government of India did was when we started manufacturing the vaccine was prioritization of vaccine, who has to be given. And when we started the vaccination program in January of 2021, we started with the healthcare workers, then we moved on to the frontline workers, uh, and then in March 21, it was anyone who was about 60 years or uh, uh, 45 to you know about 45 with comorbidities. In April of 21, everyone above 45 was uh, we started vaccinating them. And then in 21, it was 18 years and above. And January 22, the precautionary doses were also given. So I, it was very clear that, you know, we moved in a way where you first gave to the ones who was highest stress risk and then moved down and, uh, you know, to, you, you know, what challenges can be when you have to vaccinate uh, 1.3 billion people, but it was done in a very, very systematic way. Uh, again, uh, I, I, everybody has heard about the COVID platform and that was something which was very developed very quickly. In, I believe in the less than three months time, and that was used to give appointment, and uh, you know time when the people would then go to these facilities where the vaccine was given. Uh, they were followed up. They were given certification, the second one and third one. So, uh, uh, very very systematically, we used the uh, COVID platform to vaccinate not only people in the urban area but also in the rural areas. And uh, we, we had more than hundred thousand COVID vaccination centers. In fact, seventy-four more than seventy-four percent of these COVID vaccination centers were in the rural areas. And uh, you know there was a plan to you know communicate with the communities, handle the hesitancy, and also the eagerness. Because in the beginning, when the vaccine came, everybody wanted to get it. So we said go slowly, but we have to first give to those who are uh, you know at higher risk, and then you know, move on to the other population. And uh, you would be happy to know, Sir Rose, that ninety-seven point five percent of all doses were given free in India to the public health sector system. And I think that's that is creditable to both the government as well our health system, where the doctors, the nurses, other other uh, you know health workers, the the community-based workers, in fact, played a very important role in mobilizing the. Uh, the communities and the the people to come for vaccination. and, And we saw very little hesitancy when it came to COVID vaccination.
1: Let me interrupt you here for a moment because you said hesitancy. And, you know, the one only one point that I would like to add to your excellent, beautiful, detailed analysis of the journey of the COVID vaccine in India is the fact that there were issues of inequity globally. You know, you said in India people accepted, and yes, they did, and it was amazing. In fact, people stood in lines in developing countries waiting for the vaccine uh, to, to be given to them, whereas in certain countries, and the USA is a particular example, where in many of the states, especially the Republican states, people refused the vaccine. So this is a real irony that where the vaccine was available in abundance, people, there were no takers and where a vaccine was relatively less available, there were long lines for asking for the vaccine. And with this, I'm going to go on to the last question, which we'll deal with in, in a shorter time, if you don't mind, uh, but a very important one. And that is that the one significant positive change that occurred during this period of the pandemic was the fact that public health came front and center. Public health came front and center, something that has never happened before. You and I, Bull, are public health professionals who have fought so hard for so long to convince governments to invest in public health. But in vain, it never happened. Now, finally, with this pandemic, one, the governments around the world realized the importance of investing in public health and is a big positive change. I just want to understand whether you see there are any fundamental changes in how governments are responding now to the to this public health crisis. Uh, do you think that, that we are better prepared to tackle future pandemics?
2: So, uh, Sarut, I agree with you that, you know, one thing good which has happened because of this pandemic is that everybody has realized the importance of public health, looking at data, analyzing the data, and evidence-based data, and then taking decision based on what is good, you know, for a larger community. And uh, you know, I see a sea of changes in the mindset of uh, everyone around when we talk about uh, is you know changes happening in the country as far as you know tackling uh, not just the current pandemic but any future pandemic. Uh, uh, what we need to do. Uh Again, as I said, in terms of investment and the government, because it, again, in India, the government is the largest provider of healthcare assist, uh, services. And so uh, we uh, came up with uh, a Pradhan Mantri Aishman Bharat Health infrastructure mission, uh, which is uh, called it, uh, PM Abhim, which is easy to understand. And this is for uh, next five, from 20, uh, fiscal year 21 to 26 for five years and there was a, a large sums of commitment uh, for health infrastructure stu- uh, structure in the country and the funds have been al- allocated through the national health mission all over the country so it's not just in one part of the country or you know uh, uh, you know uh, not, uh, maybe not in the just in the urban area it it covers the entire healthcare system and the objective of this uh, particular uh, mission is to strengthen the grassroots public health institution to deliver comprehensive primary health care. And the second uh, objective is to meet challenges of current and future pandemic in diagnostic and critical care services. So if you really think, you know, that they're really going in the right direction. Uh, The third is to expand and build on the uh, IT-enabled disease surveillance system to a network of surveillance labs uh, which is uh, you know starting from the block level going to district level and at the national level and to support research on covid-19 and other infectious diseases so as you can see the public health is the the fulcrum of the entire you know um, change which is happening in the country uh you know uh, the, uh, the plan is to establish the district's integrated public health labs and uh, also establishment of the critical care hospital blocks, uh, which is going to be 100 bedded uh, and 50 bedded critical hospitals or wings in uh, all the districts 602 districts of this country. Establishing of a block public health labs. So you can see that a lot of things are happening in terms of infrastructure in the country. Uh, also, establishing the whole system of hiring the uh, public health specialists, having the lab. Uh, people, microbiologists and other things are happening. And uh, so uh, I think everybody's realized because of what happened in the COVID uh, pandemic that we have to be prepared. We should be looking at things more actively and uh, the surveillance system has to be strengthened. Uh, Another thing which has happened during the pandemic was the entire, you know, I would say the Urban-rural divide has diminished. It's not totally gone, but it is definitely diminished. Uh, and uh, technology has played a very important role. So during the COVID pandemic, we found again, you know, when it came to, uh, for example, training uh, healthcare providers, we found that technology really helped. And uh, you know, we were able to establish uh, using hub-and-spoke model. Strengthening the capacity of healthcare workers from the primary, secondary, tertiary care level. And uh, also, uh, tech uh, enabled, uh, you know, building capacity in terms of uh, combating COVID 19 was some of the very important innovative models for strengthening. And I'll just give you some examples. For example, we worked on home based care of COVID 19 patients. Now, they were totally isolated, but we, you know, used the technology again. I, I came up with an app called Teletrack, which was an integrated tech-based multilingual platform for monitoring of uh, COVID cases who were at home uh, with the provision of consultation with doctors, nutritionists, and mental health counselors. And uh, and we found that since this work, now we are building Teletrack uh, integrated uh, model for chronic care uh, for uh, various diseases like say, hypertension or diabetes. And uh, other uh, lifestyle disease. Uh, another uh, innovative uh, idea, which was what we call as swasti Sampark, which is you know, health, um, uh, uh, you know, getting to meet people, and again a comprehensive post COVID care technology platform was uh, used for triaging and assessment of those who had recovered from COVID nineteen. Uh, vaccination coverage, as I said, you know, a lot of COVID and also enhancing the COVID vaccination coverage uh, by uh, digital runners, vaccine facility, facilitators, etc. And uh, so this was also especially used when we identified the pockets with low vaccine coverage, uh, addressing equity by eliminating digital divide and uh, also building uh, confidence for vaccine by addressing various myths and misconceptions people had about the vaccine so i uh, i feel that definitely uh, we are better prepared now to face any uh, other challenge i am i hope we don't have uh, as you said another pandemic but if anything at least we 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 are you know uh, close to monitoring and keeping track of what's happening using public health uh, system.
1: Thank you very much for an excellent analysis, which is very promising, which is very, op- very optimistic, in fact, of what has happened in India. Uh, I-, I wonder whether we shouldn't be also looking at uh, what has happened in other countries, because what has happened in other countries is very, very different to what happened in India. And they- there are many other lessons, global lessons, that we need to learn from what other countries have done or not done, succeeded or not succeeded, because it's not an epidemic, it's a pandemic that we're talking about. But nonetheless, I think this is a very good beginning. And I thank you again, Bulbul, for your excellent analysis, for your looking at nuances of the system and telling us about the various different uh, factors that have occurred that have been actions that have been taken by the government much of which is very, very promising and very helpful to understand and very optimistic indeed. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much, saroth for giving me
1: this opportunity.
0: Thank you, Dr. Sood and Dr. Pachari. Today's episode was truly captivating as it skillfully weaved together various elements that played a crucial role in India's successful strategies against the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Sood shed light on various key factors that shaped India's approach, emphasizing the importance of intersectoral coordination and adopting a comprehensive whole-government strategy. As a member to the public health sector, I wholeheartedly agree with Dr. Sood's acknowledgement of the tremendous efforts made by India's dedicated scientific workforce. The newfound recognition of vital role played by the public health sector, as mentioned by Dr. Pachori marks a significant shift from the past. While substantial progress has been made during the COVID-19 pandemic, there is still much work to be done, particularly in terms of investing in healthcare infrastructure to establish healthcare as a robust foundation for our economy. I would like to once again draw our listeners' attention to the series of COVID-19 books mentioned by Dr. Pachauri at the beginning. Dr. Bulbul along with other esteemed scientists, have contributed their first-hand experiences to the literature of public health, ensuring that future generations can learn from these valuable insights. The first book in the series, Health Dimensions of COVID-19 in India and Beyond, and the second book, Global Perspectives of COVID-19 Pandemic on Health, Education and the Role of Media, serves as a testament to India's significant contributions at the global level in the fight against the pandemic. Our listeners can take pride in and find solace in knowing how India has played a crucial role in combating this global crisis. After today's enlightening conversation, my mind is abuzz with the anticipation of exploring other captivating topics that can be unraveled through these valuable conversations. I assure our listeners that they can expect the same level of or inspiring insights in future episodes of Public Health Uncoded with Dr. Saroj Pachauri, presented by the Center for Human Progress in partnership with the Pop Movement. Till then, stay tuned.